Oh my God, that was close. <laughs> they nearly got me this time. There are just so many of them. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? The undead creatures roaming around outside? Walkers, zombies, ghouls, whatever you want to call them. They're back from the dead and coming for you. You're outnumbered, scared. How do you get through this? Well, let's find out. Hello and welcome to Survivor Die Trying, the podcast where we'll learn to survive anything and everything life can throw at you. I'm Cameron Esposito, media and actor, writer, survival expert. With the help of some amazing guests, I'll help guide you through some of life's stickiest situations. Hurricanes, bad breakups, no topic is off the table, and we'll bring you tips and tricks every week with a new episode out each Wednesday. But before we start, okay, I gotta say, this show is for entertainment purposes only. We're not experts in the traditional sense or the modern sense or, or any sense, really. But we will certainly do our best. Today we're talking surviving the zombie apocalypse. Oh, you're in fourth grade. Well, I am. I'm in fourth grade and I'm at a sleepover and I'm going to put pixie sticks into some Coke and see how much sleep I can get after that. And then me and my friends, we're going to pop a VHS tape into a VCR. Do you even know what that is? Pause the episode and look it up. And on that tape, a bunch of Michael Jackson videos, but none, none more important than Thriller. Do you not know what I'm talking about? Are you a young person? Thriller, it was a beautifully choreographed dancing zombie video? I mean, unparalleled at the time in terms of makeup and jackets. It impacted an entire generation of people, and it's my first introduction to zombies. So, like, I wasn't that scared of them at first. And then I grew up. Today? Oh, I'm scared as fuck. And that's why we made this episode. Just real quick before we get started, I want to thank all of you who downloaded and listened to episode one last week. And if you didn't, like if you're just joining us now, well, it was about surviving bear attacks. So you're going to want to go back and listen. And before I start today's episode, I want to quickly bring in my co-host and producer, Alex Zonnefeld. Alex, zombies, why did you do this to me? This is way too scary as a topic. <laughs> well, we've got, to, we've got to be providing real advice for the most ludicrous situations to our amazing listeners. Of course, but also zombies are not that scary. What? Why, wait, why did you just say that? They're not that scary. Based on what? Based on what? It's like an army of geriatric men coming towards you. They can hardly move. They don't seem to... Oh, I, come on. I'm not having it. I mean, outside of, you know, you've got your 28 days later zombie. They're quite terrifying. But your standards, you know, Dawn of the Dead or Walking Dead zombie, they sort of shuffle towards you at about a mile an hour, can't really see brilliantly. They apparently have a great sense of smell, which doesn't make any sense. I'm Alex, not it. it's not how fast they go. This is not like a, this is not the Olympics. It's the ceaseless nature of their <laughs> progression. It's the fact that we have limited sources of energy. It's the having to run while looking over your shoulder, but probably tripping and falling multiple times. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, there is no escape from a zombie, <laughs> except for like headshots. Well, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about zombies, how to survive the apocalypse. We'll hear about a real U.S. Department of Defense strategic training exercise to defend against zombies. And as always, we'll have a game of thrive, survive, or take a dive. All of that and more is coming right up. We'll be back after this. That is if we don't trip and fall.
Alex, welcome back. Okay, let's just start with some pop culture references. The Last of Us, have you watched it? Yes, fantastic. And how familiar are you with Pedro Pascal's slutty little knee? Is is what? <laughs> it's it's a look. I don't have time to get into it, but okay. it's you know Pedro Pascal, s- s- star of The Mandalorian and The Last of Us. Yes. He wore shorts at the Met Gala. Then people had to ask him about the fact that he was popping his knee out. Then they found pictures of him popping his knee out on other red carpets. Then at a, in an interview, he was asked about his slutty little knee and referenced it. Now, when I wear shorts, I think about my own slutty little knees. I guess I did have time to very quickly get into it. But I, but let's not stay there. Let's yes. not stay there. Because beyond Michael Jackson's thriller, which we've already talked about, The Last of Us, which we just touched on, some other moments for me where zombies came into it, Resident Evil, terrifying set of movies with mm. like big monster zombies, but you have to watch them if you're me because you love Mila Jovovich, Hovovich, I don't know how to say her last name, <laughs> but what a bombshell. Also like I Am Legend, obviously we love a Will Smith vehicle. Is that an obvious thing to say? Shaun of the Dead, very, very funny. And World War Z, we cannot pass by World War Z because- you were just talking about slow zombies, but World War Z, those are fast-running zombies. The World War Z zombies are insanely freaky. Yeah, it's more of like a flood of people. It's a, it's a tsunami of zombies. <laughs> did, did you ever watch um, The Walking Dead as well? You know what? I can't watch The Walking Dead. That one is really? too scary because it has decaying zombies, and that's a bit of a bridge too far for me. Like, if body parts are falling off, I'm out. Like, oh, is I that can't- it? No, yeah, that's it. That's it for sure. Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're missing out because Andrew Lincoln does possibly the best American accent from a Brit I've ever heard. Oh, well, congrats to him. I mean, I know who he is. <laughs> for sure. I'm aware of other people that are in the show. <laughs> the comedian from uh, Watchmen, he's in there. Yeah. Look, it doesn't matter. I can't watch. So you have to watch that for me and then tell me what I need to learn. But I think the biggest thing that The Walking Dead has in common with The Last of Us, and I'm not so familiar with like, Dawn of the Dead. But like, I think that's mostly, those are mostly bitey zombies. Yeah. Like you get zombified from a bite. There's also catching at zombies. And in a post pandemic world, I think the catching at zombies are worse than the biting zombies. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It's quite a terrifying prospect. I think in, in The Walking Dead, everyone's infected is sort of the, the tagline there. And everyone who dies will automatically reanimate all a bite can kill you and you reanimate, but everyone's got it. Everyone's got the infection. So you you just shouldn't die? Correct. Or if you do die, you need to be, you need to have the brain destroyed. But what about if somebody just like dies a natural death? Then they'll come back as a zombie. Man, fuck. Okay, we've referenced this a little bit, but like, let's get on the same page about what a zombie actually is. It's a, a reawakened corpse. You know, there's that ravenous appetite thing. There's that wanting to bite people thing, an interest in brains. That's what we know about them now. But the ancient Greeks, they may have been the first civilization who feared the undead. I mean, this is this is true, Alex. Archaeologists have unearthed many ancient graves, which contained skeletons pinned down by rocks and other heavy objects, presumably to prevent the dead bodies from reanimating. Which is terrifying. But ancient Greece is not the only civilization to have like zombie folklore going around. There were zombies in Haitian folklore and also like America, the United States. Like we have a long tradition of zombies. In 1968, Night of the Living Dead was released. George Romero over the next 15 years. He also directed two more zombie films, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, 
really covering now all times of the dead because he's got dawn, night, and day. <laughs> so there's really no escape except for like <laughs> maybe like deep midnight. You know what I mean? That's your that's your safest time. Yeah. 3 p.m. of the dead. 3 p.m. of the dead, mid-afternoon of the dead. <laughs> Brunch uh, of actually, the dead. Actually, like, that is really rough if afternoon is your safest time because that's also when we're sleepiest. You know what I mean? Just right after lunch and a zombie's running after you and you've just had that whole big hamburger. <laughs> Brunch of the dead sounds like it's everyone who's just slightly hung over on a Sunday morning, to be honest. Brunch of the Dead sounds like maybe they'd join you. Well, well, Cameron, I want to move move on slightly here into how you would cope with the dead coming back. Yeah, that's such a great question. So first of all, where would you go? I think there's a big association with hiding out somewhere or fortifying somewhere. Have you thought about this? So I think this is where a lot of folks in movies seem to miss out. So it depends on the kind of zombie that it is. But if it's sure. just a bitey zombie, the most obvious choice is to join the zombies. What? Like, I don't know if they can always smell you or if they're just looking to see whose movement is the fastest, you know, to determine who's alive. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, like, it's, if it's the slow progressing zombies that don't necessarily seem to be using their own sense, their other senses besides, like, visually who's moving the most, I think what you got to do is slow way the fuck down. Because everybody's always running, barricading doors. No, you put yourself in the center of the scene, you get elected zombie president, and that's how you survive. <laughs> to be clear, I, I misunderstood you slightly there. I thought your big answer was just to give up and just let one of them bite you. I was like, that's not a great survival tactic. How, how do you survive the zombies? Well, well you, you don't. You just let them, you know, well, you just join them. actually, that's... <laughs> hang on a second. That is actually a good strategy no, too. Cameron, you, right, your first bit of survival advice cannot be let them win. Uh, Alex, I don't know. Aren't you supposed to face your fears? I mean, like, I think that that might sometimes mean if your biggest fear is what if I become a zombie, just walk through it. You know what okay. I mean? Slowly meander through it. Also weaponry. I mean, I think this is one of the biggest things that comes mm. up is how you're going to protect yourself. And this is, you know, we know about shotguns. There's a lot of shotguns shooting people directly in the brain, but I'm kind of an anti-gun guy. Like, I don't, mm. I don't have a gun at my house. No. So, so what would you use? Well, I mean, I have a hatchet. I have, let's see, what else do I have? A bunch of plants that are sort of dying, throw them right at their head. You know, I'm not, yeah. I don't have the greenest of thumbs till I'm a zombie, <laughs> then I will. Um, I got that. Let's see, what else do I have? Almost like an old banana. You know, when like bananas, it's like they're too far gone and it's just unappealing. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said appealing. That's, I, that is unfortunately that a pun. I mean, th there were three vastly different weapons there as well. You sort of skipped over the hatchet in favor of the hard banana, which is quite a unique... <laughs> choice. No, not hot. Not hard, soft, but unappealing. Like the kind you put in the freezer because you think you're going to make banana bread, but then you never make banana bread. And how exactly are you utilizing this banana against well, just the zombie? To sort of, just to sort of like show a level of irresponsibility. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I don't even know how many bananas I can eat in a week kind of a thing. And then the zombie goes, well, this person, they might have great shoulders, but they don't know how to make choices. Alex, what is your best weapon? I mean, I guess, I guess we've decided mine's a hatchet. I, I think hatchet over dying plant and banana. No, but what in your own house? In oh, your house, what do you have? I don't really have anything. My you got nothing. I don't think so. I brought so. to the table banana. I mean, come on, Alex. I brought dying house plant. I also have an electric toothbrush. That's got to do something. Um, I've got some ice pops in the freezer. Are they hard what enough to use? Do you call do? them ice pops? Well, they're quite hard, aren't they? If you sort of whack someone with a frozen ice pop, I think that, that could do some damage. Oh my God, we are going to die 
<laughs> immediately. Both of our suggestions are the worst suggestions. <laughs> now, in your mind, when you think of a zombie, do you think of like silent creeping? Do you think of like moaning? Like what's your zombie flavor just in terms of noise? I think they sort of, it's like, I mean, forgive forgive me for what you're about to hear, but it's sort of like a, uh, isn't it? Actually, like that a, tracks. That tracks. Does that, does that make sense? Like what about Gregorian you? Like a Gregorian chant sort of a thing. You're thinking yeah. of monks. You're thinking of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm imagining this like brains. Like how, why are some of them able to say brains? It doesn't really make any sense because if they're decomposing, they won't have vocal cords. Exactly. And this is why I will die immediately because while zombies literally attacking me, I will still be sitting there going, no, on principle, I'm annoyed at the fact that they can speak as they're literally pulling me down. Well, Alex, I don't know how much you trust the government, but you're about to trust them less because they actually have a counter zombie plan. This is this is put together by the U.S. Department of Defense Strategic Command. It is a document that talks about military defense against zombies. Now, the CONOP quadruple eight plan has, you guessed it, a differentiation between eight types of zombies. We're going to take you through a few of them. And, and remember, we are not making any of these up. This is U.S. government policy. Okay. Now, this first one, this is the pathogenic zombie. This makes sense. This, these are the ones that are created after an organism is like infected by a virus or bacteria. I feel like we are very familiar with the idea that a virus or bacteria could infect us. We understand mm. how this would spread. This isn't, I don't think this is super confusing. No, it's your walking dead variety. Yeah, it's your walking dead variety. And also there are radiation zombies. These are created from infection by an extreme dosage of electromagnetic or particle radiation. I actually can't think of like a cultural reference point for this outside of like an X-Man or, mm. or like a superhero. Like I guess maybe technically is is the Hulk a zombie? I mean, it would be a terrifying zombie to have, wouldn't it? I suppose. But let me talk you through why this might be true. Go on. Green. First of all, yeah. green. Second mm -hmm. of all, super strength. And third of all, an inability to control the transformation. I sort of want to disagree more than I do. I don't really disagree with that. I mean, I'm telling you who's not a zombie, She-Hulk. Because number one, she can control the transition. And number two, she's a lawyer. <laughs> moving anyway, on. moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Here's here's where we're going to get into some like real weird shit. Yeah, and it's worth remembering that the government actually wrote this down on an official document. Oh yeah, this is word for word. This is yeah. not us making this up. Uh evil magic zombies. Just you, ridiculous. This is created by some form of occult experimentation, what might otherwise be referred to as evil magic. Now this is is this technically like possession in your mind? Like, like they're saying mm. a cult, but like, is this what happened in The Exorcist? Like, what in your mind when you think of an evil magic zombie? Did you ever see the Mummy trilogy with Brendan Fraser? Uh -huh. You know, Imhotep oh. with his mm. sort of army of undead, uh -huh. well, alive, but sort of possessed followers. There we go. Okay. I think that's You've what it means. really nailed it. Okay. Mm. But what about space zombies? They originated from space. They're created by like an extraterrestrial toxin contaminant 
radiation. I can think of a space zombie. Go on. Go ahead. It's the movie Alien and Aliens. I mean, technically, Is that like a zombie? those. I don't know. It's more of like a roosting place. <laughs> sure. Like okay. when your body becomes. I mean, I, I like guess you're technically. Hosting, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you are hosting, but not like a podcast. No. Here's what I will say about this this next one. This mm. one actually feels real. Like okay. the same way that pathogenic zombies actually feel real. This mm. one is super scary. Weaponized zombies. Oh, okay. Deliberately created via biomechanical engineering for the purpose of being employed as weapons. Yeah, that feels like the most realistic one, doesn't it? It does. It feels very already in a lab. Mm. I mean, is this something you think would ever happen to you? Like, do you think our government or a different government would have use for your body to be taken over and used as a weapon? No, I think I'd be very down on that priority list. Um, I'm not very fast. I've got flat feet. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I should wear glasses, really, but don't. I think I'd get out of it by there being better physical specimens. Mm-hmm. I think they'd yeah. go for you before me, Cameron. And I think you're actually right. Yes. Another point that I want to make, Alex, and this is not a criticism, is the type of beard you have. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? You have like a relaxed guy beard. You have like a guy who enjoys comics beard. Like there's a different kind of beard that's very like chin strappy, super tight, you know, like a lot of a five o'clock shadow. Like then, mm. don't you think you have a little bit of beard protection against being a weaponized zombie? I think it's quite a lazy beard. It, it's, it suggests about the character. This isn't a beard by design. This is a beard through lack of motivation. Okay, but I, I digress. Let's get back to... Zombies. What about symbiont-induced zombies? These are zombies that are caused by a parasite. This is like in The Last of Us. Also, I think technically venom is maybe this. Yeah, that's a symbiont, isn't it? That's like when a a parasite takes over, basically, and is controlling you, or at least you're vying for power. And even though this, I can't imagine this like existing in a lab. I mean, maybe it does. This actually does exist in nature. This is like Mm. when those bugs are riding bugs that they use as a bug horse. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, how long have you been a professor of biochemistry, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> the bugs that create a bug horse. <laughs> I want to really land this. So we've we've mentioned seven zombies, all of them terrifying. But mm-hmm. then there's an eighth form that is really relaxing. And I appreciate the government including this type because this is your vegetarian zombie. Yeah. They, they pose no direct threat to humans because they only eat plant life. And honestly, I feel like I know a couple of these people already. Vegetarian zombie does sound like something my politically incorrect grandfather would have called vegans. Is not fully understanding what they are. Do you know what 100%. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, what are you most frightened of? I think for me it's radiation zombies because I assume similar to sort of people and objects, they can spread radiation. Um, What about you? (laughs) Space zombies because we would have no idea. Like it's Mm. so outside of our understanding. It's going to take way longer to figure out how to fight them. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, but that's also less realistic than every other one on this list. I think the animals riding animal zombies is quite terrifying as well. Yeah, we can't, I can't sleep at night knowing about bug horses. Okay, Alex, 
believe it or not, there actually is a CDC zombie preparedness guide. Yeah, back mm. in 2021. I mean, I wonder why 2021 specifically. <laughs> the Center for Disease Control published a slightly sarcastic blog post with advice for surviving a zombie apocalypse. And they basically asked folks to create an emergency kit with like water, non-perishable food, your passport, it's like the same emergency kit you would create for anything with no sure. particular reference to the undead or encouragement to arm yourself, which I suppose is because the American government assumes we are all already armed. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's sort of what I assumed when I moved here at first. I thought everyone would just be packing. Well, I am packing, but I don't, I don't necessarily mean a gun. Now it's time for What's in Cameron's Backpack where I will be given a series of scenarios by Alex related to a life-threatening event, like in this case, the zombie apocalypse, and uh, I'll have to explain how I'd survive. I have a backpack full of items, but again, it's been packed by producer Alex, which means that some of these items won't be at all helpful. So Alex, what am I up against? What's in my backpack? Scenario number one. You wake up one morning and turn on the news to find zombies have begun appearing in your city. You can hear several moaning figures banging on your front door trying to get in. You need to decide whether to stay in your home and reinforce or make a run for it. In your backpack, you have a bow and three arrows. You have a unicycle and you have a full set of a baseball catcher's protective gear. What do you use and why? Alex, nothing's ever been easier than answering this question. Because okay. all you said was that you can hear several moaning figures <laughs> banging on your front door. Now, I don't know if you've ever lived in an apartment or in the city in general, but <laughs> when I hear several moaning figures, I don't think zombies. I think, oops, my neighbors are having very loud sex. And what do you do when your neighbors are having very loud sex? You put on a full set of baseball catcher's gear. Because honestly, anything you can do to get yourself away from the bodily fluids that are so close and really shouldn't be is, uh, is the best protection in the moment. Okay. I have no further questions. Scenario two. <laughs> It's three weeks into the zombie apocalypse and civilization has collapsed as you know it. You've heard there's a safe haven around 150 miles away. In your backpack, you have the keys to a 1983 very battered looking Vespa scooter. You have a medieval suit of armor and you have a pair of Heelys, the shoes with little wheels on them. You did not need to explain to me what Heelys are. I feel so disrespected by the fact that you I've never used thought them. I've, I've never used them. I'm I've quite a newcomer to Heelys. But I've admired them. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to the question at hand. You want to know what I would do three weeks into the zombie apocalypse when I got a safe haven 150 miles away? Easy. I'm going to pop on that 1983 battered looking Vespa scooter. Why? Because I've seen movies. I've seen, well, everything from Mad Max to every zombie movie ever made. A battered looking vehicle, sure, sometimes it won't start, but if it does start, that is the number one way to get away. Like, mm. if there is a, say, very new truck with, like, lifted axles, you know, and huge tires, don't even try to get in that. That person <laughs> immediately dies. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, in a in like a horrible final destination, like like a tree going directly through the front windshield. But it's like sure. the person who's on the most rickety vehicle that makes it. So you you'd, you'd use the Vespa to try and go the 150 miles. Uh yeah, Alex, because I want to <laughs> live. 
Okay, scenario number three. You're scavenging in an abandoned grocery store when you hear a commotion outside. A man is being swarmed by at least 15 zombies. The man is wearing a shirt which says, FBI, female body inspector, and is calling for help. In your backpack, you have a samurai sword, a megaphone, and a baseball bat. What do you do, if anything? Oh, this makes so much sense. Well, I'm going to actually choose two items, which is breaking the rules, but I think you'll understand why. I'm going to pop that baseball hat on, pull it real low over my eyes, and cover up my hair. Then I'm going to also pick up that samurai sword. I'm going to use the samurai sword to absolutely decimate all 15 zombies. And then when this man turns to me to say, oh my God, thanks for the help, fella. I'll take the baseball hat off. My cascading hair will reveal that I'm uh, technically bodily anyway, a woman. And uh, boy, will he have to eat his shirt. Well, it's, it's very good of you to, to save him in the first place. Um, I only mentioned this because I recently discovered a picture of uh, myself, aged nine, um, somehow being allowed to wear wear that very shirt, which is... Are you serious? An, I was nine years old. I have no idea where I got my hands <laughs> on it. Where did you get that shirt? I, I can assure you it wasn't factually accurate. I, well, no, but, but just, Alex, somebody had to buy that for you. I have no idea, but my parents Wait, have no have memory. Like, did you have, like, money? No. You didn't have, like... You couldn't, like, get to the store? No, I, I found this picture. I, I have no memory of this. My parents have no memory of this. It's it's the most baffling picture. I'll send it to you after the show. Very, very curious. Well, I will, just in case I ever see you wearing that shirt, I want you to know, I'll still save you. I That's very good to know. I won't be wearing that shirt anymore, actually. My ego's um, just not that fragile anymore, you know? <laughs> and No problem. I got you. So, Alex, in conclusion, I'm going to use a baseball catcher's gear to protect myself from the body of fluids of my neighbor, then pop on my battered Vespa scooter and take that 150 miles to a grocery store where I come across a man who I defend with a sword and then reveal to him that, whoopsie-daisy, I'm a woman. Well, that was our discussion on surviving the zombie apocalypse, and boy, did we survive. Up next, we'll be playing my favorite game, Thrive, survive, and take a dive. Oh, it is time to land this plane, or at least blow up the part of it that contains a zombie. <laughs> and we will do that by playing Thrive, Survive, or Take a Dive. Alex, can you briefly just explain the game? Uh, yes, I have picked three celebrities for you. Um, I've got them all from randomcelebritygenerator.com, so it could genuinely be anyone. And all mm. I want you to do, Cameron, is pick who will thrive, who will survive, and who will take a dive. So I'm going to give you these three names now, and you need to decide who is best and worst suited to surviving a zombie apocalypse. Okay, I'm stretching You're, and I'm ready. Let's go. Fantastic. Your three names are Don Cheadle, Katy Perry, and Morgan Freeman. Who will thrive, Ooh. who will survive, and who will take a dive? And you're talking about in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, this is for sure true. Thrive, Morgan Freeman. I mean, that person, <laughs> like, voice alone, but also, like, just the slowness, the deliberateness with which that man seems to act. I mean, I'm basing this only on his on-camera presence, but I feel like he will think <laughs> through every move he makes. He will thrive. He will be 
the sure. head of the <laughs> resistance. I mean, no doubt in my mind. Now, okay. the tough one is who will survive and who will take a dive between Don Cheadle and Katy Perry. Don Cheadle, as we know, a bit of a shapeshifter. Can be a Marvel guy, can be like a serious dramatic actor. So like that's a skill set. But then Katy Perry, I don't know if you've ever seen that clip of her where she is like doused with a lot of slime at like an MTV movie award situation. But I mean, resilience. Resilience mm. and a connection to Orlando Bloom, who I assume still has the bow skills that I saw in Lord of the Rings. So I, I actually think between the two, I think yeah. I'm going to go with Katie's going to survive and Don is going to take a dive. But that was a rough one. That was rough. That is rough. So to confirm, you're going with, I believe, the 86-year-old man is to, to thrive in the zombie apocalypse. 100%. Okay, good. 100%. <laughs> just to run the, just to run the For same For some reason, all. 100%. 100%. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I could see the pack mentality forming around protecting our most important person. So I could certainly see Morgan Freeman. Quick, save Morgan Freeman. But he's so trustworthy. I don't even know if that's true. You know what I mean? But anyway, okay, so he'll he'll thrive. And yeah... Katie, she's going to survive and, and Don's going to take a dive. I'm so sorry to Don. This was a genuinely tough one. I think he's going to be heartbroken. That that was a tough one, but well done. I think you, you made um, a, uh, a lot of sense with your answers there. Maybe we'll go see Katie together in Vegas. Now let's wrap up the episode. What have we learned? Well, the CDC has no specific advice on how to survive a zombie apocalypse. If you hear moaning outside your door, either call your landlord or say aloud, hey, good for them. And if you can't beat them, join them. Like, join the zombies. Immediately. Right away. So would I survive the zombie apocalypse? I mean, based off that answer, I, eh, it's a strong no. I mean, my stand-up comedy skills, my my old banana, these are, these are nothing to protect me. But in zombification, death is not the end. And speaking of new beginnings, we are back every Wednesday with another episode of Survive or Die Trying. So subscribe wherever you're listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, no, I, I won't see you, but you'll hear me in your ears. Survivor Die Trying is produced by Sony Music Entertainment. The executive producers are Jasmine Henley-Brown and Cameron Esposito. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our producer is Alex Zonneveld. Engineering is done by Sam Baer. 